right now we're simulcasting live to Facebook, also to YouTube. So hello to anyone that's watching on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you so much for coming here. And if you're listening to us on the podcast that will be coming up, thank you so much for listening to us. This is my daughter, Skylar. She's 23. Yes, Skylar is here visiting me in Chicago, but we decided that it made more sense for visual and sound to be in two separate rooms so we don't get feedback. But tonight we are talking about being kind versus nice and what's the difference and why does it matter? And so I was downstairs making dinner and I said, let's, let's get into this. And she goes, I said, let's talk about it. And she gave me like side eye, like, I don't know the difference. What is nice versus kind? Like, I don't even know if I could distinguish the two and, or talk about them. And she was like, let me explain. And I was like, explain on the show. Explain on the show. So this is this is literally coming to you raw. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. This is also... A conversation that I have with clients all the time. This is a conversation I have with myself most recently. And it's a huge theme in my life because I see a very big distinction between being nice and being kind. And I have learned the difference. I will just say from my experience from women of color. Okay. And I learned, so Skylar and I, we went to London Gosh, how many years ago now did we go to London? Eight years? Nine years ago, yeah. Nine years ago? Mm-hmm. And we were kind of blown away. We were we went with the Girl Scouts, and we were kind of blown away as to you should be quiet, you should be calm, there's no raising your voice, don't yell across the room. You know, basically, don't be rambunctious. Remember that conversation? I just remember them exactly saying people in London don't love Americans because they're loud. And I was like, what do you mean we're loud? (laughs) We'll yell across the room. We have no problem making a scene, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so since that day, whether I realized it or not, I really started to comb through waspy, white Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, Catholic, European focuses. What Mm -hmm. we focus as being an important behavior characteristic, important characteristics of people, but especially women. Okay. Okay. And then on social media, because I don't have a lot of women of color around me, I started to see that black women really had a larger focus on being honest and having those come to Jesus moments, let's talk about it on the carpet versus being nice. Mm -hmm. And I started to really boil this back and understand that white women really hold a lot of value, white families on being nice to the point of being murdered. Okay. Because there's been there's been studies shown literally that a white woman will literally sit on a couch knowing full well that she could be raped or murdered in the next 
moment by a man in a room and she would rather sit there and be polite and nice than run away. I mean, this is, you can even look back at how many creepy men have come up to you at a bar and you've just kind of dealt with it and you didn't walk away and you didn't say, someone get me out of here. And why is that? Mm -hmm. Or, okay. you want to be Good relation for me is if I do have that situation, instead of just being like, goodbye, I make a whole deal of like, hey, texting my friends, come over here, save me. Like, I got to go to the bathroom. Let me make an excuse of how to get out of this rather than just me alone. Right. Okay. So, so this is where I'm coming. So there's, this is very layered. This Mm -hmm. is very detailed. So not only is it a matter of that we put ourselves in dangerous situations, but to be nice in a situation that calls for argumentative, bitchy, aggressive, violent, when we succumb to the English European nice instead of honest in your face, get the hell out of my face, right? We are actually suppressing our emotions. We're suppressing our feelings. We're suppressing our fears. So you are kind of saying that nice is more so, oh, baby, baby. And kind isn't so much the baby, baby. It's the I'm telling my honest truth, but I'm being kind about it. That's what you're saying that distinguishes. Exactly. Okay. I can I can be kind mm-hmm. and honest. I can be forthcoming and kind. I could say my truth in a kind way. I value kindness. I don't value being a bitch. Mm-hmm. I value kindness. But as I've moved through, I have recognized that being nice is being a liar and gaslighting myself and being a people pleaser and putting myself in very oftentimes dangerous or unwanted positions because I'm valuing, here we go, guys, to be nice is to value what someone else thinks about me more than the position that I'm in and where I'm at in that moment. Okay. Now, where do you distinguish, just because we're, you know, bringing this in, the niceness? Now, how do you translate that niceness? Okay, we're nice, we're nice, and now all of a sudden we're a Karen. And so, we're- no. so this that goes back to kind. Okay. So you can be kind. I believe, I really do believe that you can say anything that you want in the world with kindness and honesty and politeness. So I could literally say, you're hurting my feelings. I feel uncomfortable. I don't love the gift that you just gave me, husband. The food that you made tonight was just kind of off a little bit, but I love the fact that you tried so hard, you know, whatever. But when I look at nice, I honestly see that as being more passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. I see that being a martyr, I see it being fake, and I see it, you know, you're going to resent the person when you move in, in the way of niceness. And, and my biggest problem is, is when we look back at our childhood, and, and, and because you're my daughter, 
Let's go through it, right? Give grandma a kiss. Go sit on uncle's lap. Be nice to your teachers. Be be nice to your friends, Skylar, that you don't even really like, but I want you to be nice because it's more important the way that we, our family is seen on the planet than my own daughter's comfort level. What? And so I believe that nice gets people into situations that don't serve them. Mm. But I mean, now- think about it. Think how many, like you said, at the bar, how many guys you really don't want to date, but you want to be nice. You know, you don't really want to talk to this person, but you want to be nice. You could be kind and be like, I'm sorry, I really have to excuse myself right now. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that we need to start distinguishing and stop being so freaking nice and valuing it to a degree higher than comfort, higher than honesty. And this is where Black women do it right. And we are not doing this right as white women, because as white women, black women value honesty. White women do not value honesty. White women value being seen as nice. This is a huge problem. I really do believe it's a huge problem. Now, my question to you would then be, so we're we're distinguishing nice, we're distinguishing kind. Now, if I'm this person stuck in the nice bubble and, and I'm this person that's stuck in nice and I turn into a Karen. So I'm nice, I'm nice, I'm nice. And then there's a problem. And all of a sudden, let me speak to your manager. How do you, or how would you recommend someone flip the switch from nice to kind? And how do you, how do you stay calm in those situations that just escalate and escalate and you just want to be a bitch? No, t- totally. And so, but I think that's where you, you teeter and you, you, you wiggle yourself over, you scooch over and you're like, look, I want to be kind here. However, for the 47th time, I need a bacon, lettuce and tomato sandwich and not a hamburger with bacon, lettuce and tomato on it. Clearly we have a miscommunication here that's going on. I think that the Karen behavior is so far, and I, I don't want to purport, I think that's the word, the right word, using the word Karen, because I have a best friend is named Karen, but I get what you're saying. I just think that we don't, don't need to lose our minds. We don't need to scream. We don't need to act like we're being, you know, I mean, everyone acts like they're being, I, I mean, just, it's just, I can't. So you can be kind without being, you know, a Karen. Where does that place come from? Like, how how do you maintain that kindness all the time? You know what? Honestly, it's it's interesting because I feel that when you move out of nice, Mm -hmm. when you move out of the space of people pleasing and wanting to be liked above all else. And you start getting to a place of being genuine. Okay. When you start getting to a place of really being true to self and loving humans and loving yourself, when you start to get to a place where it's not about Skylar, it's not about the person at the cashier's office, it's not about the waitress, It's truly about what you want to bring to the world. Okay. Above and beyond all else. When you start to get real genuine with self, when you stop faking it and you start walking in your own shoes, maybe for the first time, I don't know, and you really start doing things 
only because you want to. Mm-hmm. I do believe that you bring a different quality to the conversation. You bring a different energy to Target, to Starbucks, to driving. And I think this kind of circles back to your, um, you always say kindness of heart. And I think this was gladness, a good lesson. Gladness of gladness heart. Of, Same sorry. thing. Yeah. Gladness of heart. And you kind of taught me this in the sense of, again, going to call out my roommate, Clever. Sometimes the dishes, they're in the sink, whatever happens, dirty mess, whatever is going on. And I look at that mess and I will let it sit there until I have the gladness of heart. And yep. I feel love to do that. I feel like this is genuine. This is what I want to do. I want to help my roommate out. I want to be the person to put his dishes away. And then that isn't me and him coming home and me being like, oh, I did your dishes. Yeah. It's just kind of like it was done. I feel good that it was done. And I feel good I could do that for you. And and for the household, you know, mm -hmm. I actually had an appointment this morning with someone and we were talking about how we are raised so often in a working class home, which most people are living in a family where either one or both parents are working. Mm -hmm. And so the parents go off to work and then they come home and then it starts this conversation. I have been working all day. What have you done? Did you clean your room? Did you do the dishes? Did you finish your homework? Whatever. And, and whether we realize it or not, this is programming of my value was checked. The box was checked today at work. Where does your value lie? Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is about to grow legs. Okay. So we've learned being in an industrialized nation that your value, your value is found inside of working, cleaning, keeping your place organized accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the conversation that she and I were having, because she's having a hard time relaxing, I said, When you do things in your house, this is going to go back to your dishes conversation. It's going to expound on kindness, nice people pleasing. When you find your value, when you find your nice, when you find your box checking, when you find your all of that in accomplishing things, okay? So I need to go to this well to now feel good about myself. I need to go to this place to so that people see that I'm nice. When you put any value inside of a task or beauty or thinness or intelligence or ability to make money, mm-hmm. that then becomes the line to cross, the monkey on your back, the the thing to push against. Okay. It becomes your nemesis. It becomes it becomes something to rebel against because I have to do this to be able to feel valuable and good about myself. Okay. Okay. But when we go I'm doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because I have gladness of heart. I'm doing this because it's self-care to do the dishes. I'm doing this because it's self-care to go to work. I'm doing this because I love my job. I'm being nice to someone 
because it feels good. I'm not doing it because I'm white. I'm not doing it because I'm European. I'm not doing it to please my family. I'm not doing it because of the fact that I want everyone to see me as this really nice person and everyone likes me. You're actually doing it because of the fact that there is actual love emanating from self. There is no animosity. There's no anger. There's no line in the sand. It's truly coming from a place of kindness, genuineness, and love. So you brought this back to, okay, kids doing the dishes, chores, all this stuff. How do you translate that gladness of heart, that love, that kindness to your children or to other people to then be able to get them in on the flow, you know, to like, so I don't have to r- come home and yell, I'm going to do the dishes or little okay. kid do the dishes, whatever, whatever, you know? Well, I really think that, you know, when kids are younger, unfortunately you do need to start, in my opinion, you need to help them to learn behaviors, brush your teeth, make your bed mm-hmm. by leading by example. Every morning I brush my teeth, kids, every morning I make my bed so that when I come in my room 300 times a day, that at least my bed's made, you know, do your homework because it's going to set you up for the test on Friday, pack your lunchbox before the, you know, the night before so that you're ready. So in the beginning, when it comes to kids, you kind of have the value of these tasks, you're creating the value of cause and effect mm-hmm. versus the value of self. Okay. So it becomes, it's like a self-induced benefit. Like with Emerson, for example, she's not a morning person. So I always say, you know, Hey, you know, get your clothes out the night before prepare at night when you're on your phone and you're walking around, you know, make your lunch, get your outfit out the night before, whatever it is, maybe take your shower. And so it's really about training up to teach cause and effect versus your value is coming from being on time or whatever. And I really see this conversation of nice versus kind being a large focus between being fake versus being genuine. That's a little bit easier to to mindset for the younger generations. <laughs> no, but seriously, like if you think about it too that I don't have to always be nice if someone's being mean to me right? Mm -hmm. Then when you go to your sorority meeting, when you go to work, when you go to college, when you are around other people and someone offends you, you don't necessarily have to challenge them, but you also don't have to take it. Okay. Because your self-worth, back to episode one, right? Self-worth, self-esteem is not found in only being nice and acceptable. And I mean, this goes back in my opinion, this goes back, and I'm sure that there's people out there that have studied, you know, the importance of being a good girl, Mm. a good boy, you know, where you listen to adults at all costs. You listen to your teacher, even, I mean, like I have some children that come home from school and they'll say, mom, their answers are literally wrong. And I have to tell them that they're wrong. And, you know, the old Meredith would have said, oh my God, you didn't confront the teacher, did you? And now I'm like, good for you. Like if the teacher was wrong, the teacher was wrong. And she's like, yeah. And then I tell them they're wrong and then they have to correct it. And so 
I think that it's super important with children. If, if you're watching this or listening to this and you have children, I think that it's super important. And you can go back to my episode on abuse with, I don't even remember right now. You can go back to my episode in the podcast, Meredith with a Y, about teaching children that it's okay to stand up to adults. You know, we can't sit there and say, go give aunt, you know, Susie a kiss. And then the kid looks at you side eye and says, I don't want to. And then you're like, you could have gone. We have to respect kids and say, the teacher's wrong. I don't want to kiss aunt Susie. I'm not sitting on Santa Claus's lap. And the gym teacher is freaking me out. And listen, because we have been pushing for decades and centuries, and I don't even know what, that adults are to be respected at all costs, and they're not. For sure. I mean, think about how many people just on the day-to-day that you wouldn't listen to, let alone do we want the kids to listen to them? Oh, my God, right? Think about that. Like, why, I mean, are, why are these adults all of a sudden amazing, awesome, great, perfect yeah. examples of what kids should listen to? Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely mind-blowing to think about the fact that I wouldn't hang out with them. I wouldn't have them over my house, but hey, go listen to whatever they say. And no matter what they say, the value is in being nice. And honestly, the more I say the word nice, it just creeps me out so much. And I hope everyone's understanding how creepy the word nice is because nice means hide all of your feelings for the sake of of being seen as agreeable, non-combative, non-combative, non-opinionated, just smile and be nice to everyone at all costs. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just not here for it anymore. I will be kind, but, and I'm going to tell you this right now, if you're watching this and you're listening to what I'm saying here, I want you to practice this because there will be a huge shift that will change everything. So I have a story. Okay. The other day we were sitting on the couch and, and my son Brock, who's 10, he had a bag. Well, in this bag, I've been putting all of my papers for my taxes for my business. And Brock picked up the bag and he said, I have all of my stuff to go in this bag for like a sleepover. He was going to do something. And I gasped because I've been printing stuff out. Lord knows what was in the bag, what wasn't in the bag, where the bag was at, et cetera. It's been your organization file that did not need to be in your mind. Yeah. And it's every, I've just been stuffing, right? It just is stuffing in there to go to the bookkeeper, which I've since fired. And so I go, oh my God, my stuff's in there. Okay. And Jim had just looked in the bag to see what it was there and why it was there. And Jim goes, no, your stuff is not. This is a good story, so stick with me. I'm probably this. We got the largest fight in 17 years. Just oh, right, and I go, yeah, it is because I know I put all my stuff in the Fabletics bag. You've been but looking at the bag for months, right? But he knows that he just looked in the Fabletics bag and only saw PlayStation controllers and whatever to go to the our friend's house. 
And I go, yeah, it is. And he's like, no, it's not. And he got like indignant about it, which he never does. Right. Exactly. You make a face, right? Right. (laughs) Jim doesn't get indignant about anything. Right. And I go, are you like drinking or something? Because he was so Uh, focused about it. And I'm like, this is the dumbest conversation I've ever had with my husband, which mind you, I had been drinking. However, comma, I still knew that my shit was in the Fabletics bag. And so I was just like, what is going on here? Right. And so he got like really mad at me. And so I end up sleeping half the night on the couch because of the fact that then it's uncomfortable and I'm not really sleeping and I can barely sleep in my bed anyway. So I have to go to bed. So we don't talk the next day. This is how mad I am. Because I'm like, you're uh, you're a crazy person. So I said two days later, I'm like, look, we have to have a conversation about the other night because now we're talking, but I'm still being a cool, cold bitch. And he's like, okay, so we're back in Lido Lounge. That's my like seating area in my house. And he starts talking. And so this is the point of the conversation. I said, you have two choices, two sausages, <laughs> two choices. <laughs> You can either tell me that you want me to be nice and agree with you, even though I know it's a lie, or you can think I'm a bad bitch for coming after you and telling you that you're wrong and owning my shit and being real. This goes Mm -hmm. back to your Karen conversation. So you either want me to be nice, gaslight myself and lie for the sake of being nice and making you comfortable. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to have to deal with the fact that you were wrong and that's all there is to it, but at least we're being honest. And in that moment, he had no words because of the fact, not that he's a bad person, but because of the fact that I was like, look, either you want me to be honest with my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, the world around me, my friends, my family. But that person is now going to come to you too. Either you want me to be an honest person or you want me to lie and be nice. Now, do you think that there was maybe, so this whole situation, you you, you were honest, you were not nice, you told your truth, you did what you had to do, but it still kind of led that fight. Looking back on it, do you think that maybe there wasn't the kindness there and how you said it? Like, what do you think the unassociation with was that? Or you think there was just a drop, dropping shock of, oh, she's actually being honest and not nice. Like, what do you think that? Well, honestly, you know what it was? I, I, I mean, there's a part of me that said I could have, like in the 11th, like the next day, right? Not like three glasses of wine in. Mm-hmm. Logic would have said, walk over there, grab the stuff, pull out my paperwork, which was there yes, the next day, and just say, what are you talking about? Like, you're the craziest person I've ever seen. But okay. there was another part of me that really understood that it was okay for me to not be nice. Okay. That I wasn't being, I wasn't being a lunatic and being like, F you, you, I wasn't calling names. I was not being rude. I was not being hateful. I didn't call names, but I also wasn't going to back down from my truth. I wasn't going to make myself small so that I make everyone around me comfortable. And I think as women, we make ourselves small and men 
and anyone else that's listening and watching right now. We make ourselves small so that everyone around us is comfortable. Because when I say something like, I'm going to be a famous talk show host, someone in the room might be like, oh, well, who does she think she is? Like, what, what is she like? So we, we make ourselves small. We dumb ourselves down. We make ourselves less than so that everyone blends. And in that moment, when Jim and I got in the fight, my husband and I got in that fight, which like we really weren't yelling or anything. It's not like we were throwing things, but I was That's not backing down. Right. It's like not our, not our norm. Right. Mm-hmm. I was, I felt empowered. Mm to value honesty over making Jim comfortable, over appearing agreeable, over appearing nice or not causing problems. And think how often I've gotten myself, I've gotten myself in some very sticky situations because I have valued not being that girl or not being a girl that causes problems and because of not being that girl or wanting to be seen as the troublemaker Mm -hmm. I have really many times in my life not filed charges not gone to HR not screamed at somebody at a party not called a friend out at a, you know, a bar and said, this, this is happening because I wanted to be a good girl. I wanted to be one of the guys. I wanted to be agreeable. Think how many girls that you've seen in your days. Just, I mean, to even put this out there, like the amount of times I live in Fort Lauderdale, go out in Fort Lauderdale, the jaw dropping amount of times that men touch you in the club is a lot. And every single time a man touches me in the club, I will shove him back. And I'll be like, get off of me. And all of my friends look at me like, girl, what what are you doing right now? And I'm like, he right. just touched, he just touched me and did not have consent. Yeah. I'm going to re- like I I'm going to tell him that's not okay. And yeah. it's like, how come it's seen as what are you doing, Skylar, the female who just right. touched it's- appropriately? What are you doing? What are and you not, doing? What is he doing what is the person you know you know what I mean by that like it's very one-sided on that but I'm going to take this a little further and I love where you're headed with this I'm going to take this even further if you look at and, and I'm generalizing here with white and black and and I'm okay with that I feel very comfortable in this conversation because I I just do feel comfortable in this conversation if you look at a black woman if she or you but primarily a black woman or a Puerto Rican woman. Okay. Cause they're honest to the core too, uh, mm-hmm. to a fault, right. To, 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 to honesty. If a man were to go behind a black woman or a Puerto Rican woman and do the, you know, how they do at the club, grab the waist and wiggle on by and their privates touch the back of your butt. You know that, you know, the drill we've all had, you know, American social down in Fort Lauderdale. That's the (laughs) drill, right? Right. And so a black woman or a Puerto Rican woman would call their shit out and all the white women around would go, what's her problem? And look at her like she's crazy. Look at her like she's crazy. Why is she acting that way? Why can't she just settle down? 
and this is the, this is just being honest. This mm-hmm. is the way white women roll. We don't, as a rule, in the past, hopefully moving forward after this conversation, we stop. But as a rule, white women find it easier. And I'm generalizing, so don't come for me. I don't care. I'm almost 50. So people that are around my age, we've all been raised the same freaking way. But we look at women who are causing a stink as being troublemakers, causing a ruckus, etc. Why aren't we looking at the man, the lack, the lechy man or the whatever rude woman or whatever and go, no, you're wrong. She's calling your shit out and good for you for being honest. I literally, when when I'm talking about this here, I want everyone here to understand. I am looking at these women, black women, women who are honest. I'm looking at them as 1000% role models to change this culture of nice to a culture of honesty and calling out bullshit. Just saying. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. And, And I think this also, you know, everything circles back to how do we change this in ourselves? Where do you get that? Where do you get that oomph? Where do you get that? Yeah. So for me, it's really been understanding the difference. It's really been about saying I'm done being nice to everyone at my demise. Mm -hmm. I'm done being nice at the expense of my happiness, my comfort, my safety. I'm done being nice at at the, you know, at the cost of me knowing myself, me trusting myself. Mm-hmm. I had a situation, and this is true. When I was about, I would say, 20 years old, I fell asleep at a friend's house, a male friend's house on his couch. And I woke up to being accosted by a male friend, not the same guy's house, but a male friend. I pretended to sleep at the beginning and I never told on the person. And this was a profound situation because I didn't want to be that girl who caused problems. And the thing of it is, is if we continue to push the culture of nice women and nice boys and girls, we are continuing the rape culture. And and it's crazy that you say this because that was 30 almost 30 years ago and my friend had the exact same situation at 2 in the morning texting me this man is touching me and yeah. I don't know how to move. You I'm just, at a party. Don't yep. know what to do cuz I because, don't want drama. Because I would rather lay here and be a nice girl who doesn't cause problems than, than the be honest. And stand up and go, what in the actual F is going on here? You're a piece of shit. I'm out. So our niceness, our European waspy ass bullshit nice that our families raised us to be liars is actually we are taking part in a rape culture where we are actually putting men's desires or females or females' desires above being real 
and honest and in your face and calling shit out and calling a spade a spade. We have got to stop being nice. You Mm -hmm. are gaslighting yourself. You're gaslighting your feelings and it is causing nothing but problems for everybody, men and women, our whole society, our children, especially. So I'd like to talk on the switch of all these people out here are probably like, well, now what the hell is going to happen when I become kind? And I had this switch. I switched from nice people pleaser. Skylar Shagvac is a good person to kind. And I would just like to, you know, for the people that are maybe nervous, that don't really know what this transition is going to look like, I can tell you every single one of my friends will come for me for advice. They will come to me for, like, if they're asking an honest question, and I literally will say my response, and they'll go, yeah, Skylar wouldn't bullshit you. Yeah, Skylar would say it how it is. Skylar does not want to hurt your feelings. She'd rather tell you, hey, you look like absolute trash right now, than let you walk out of the house. Yes. I would rather say hey, maybe that hurt my feelings or maybe that wasn't nice or I don't want to do that, Yeah, you know? So when that happens, when you're when you're in this switch of, okay, Skylar is going to tell you how it is. Skylar's going to maybe say it in the nice, uh, nice way. I'm going to be kind, maybe, maybe not. Be kind, yeah. You're going to lose friends, but you're also going to gain some really awesome ones because you're going to lose the people who were fake with you and exactly. that you were fake with. And you're exactly. going to, and, and you're, and it's going to be shocking. It's going to be hard. It's, you know, and maybe not, maybe you're already surrounded by a ton of genuine people. Yeah. But for me, at least it was so shocking to be like, but I'm, I'm literally telling you my truth. Like I'm, I'm asking you to treat me in a way that I'm asking to be treated. Like if I don't want to go to the event, if I don't want to go to the function, if I want to yeah. do this, that A, B, C, D, X, Y, I'm going yeah. to tell you exactly what I want. And people will fall away for you doing so. You know what else? Okay. When you're talking about this, you know what I'm seeing, Skylar? I love that so much. What I'm, what I'm seeing when you're in my mind, when you're talking about this, is when you move out of nice, you mm-hmm. stop hanging out and doing things for the sake of others. You don't make the dinner. You don't have the parties. You don't say yes to making cookies. You don't volunteer at the PTO. You don't go out when you don't want to. You don't force yourself to do anything, be involved with anyone just for the sake of an outward appearance. Being nice is falling in line with outward appearances at all cost. And you lose the credibility of is Skylar Shagvek, is Meredith Willits, is whomever going to be honest or are yeah. they going to be nice? Yeah. Are they going to, like, I'm literally afraid to invite some of my friends some places because I'm like, are they actually going to want to go or are they just going to come because, like, they're being nice? Right. Like, you, you can't have that. Like, there's, it's too difficult. Right. And honestly, the, when your vibration, when your frequency shifts, to a place of honesty, to a place of being true, to a place of being genuine, you will then start attracting those same types of people. And that's the beauty. When you level up out of a facade, out of fake, out of being nice, and you level up to, I'm showing up exactly the way I am, even parts of you will fall away. 
-hmm. You stop pretending with the clothes. Uh, you want to be comfortable. You stop wearing, wearing and doing and seeing and your job changes and your people changes and your friend change because you finally start showing up at all cost. Mm -hmm. You show up at all costs, whether people like you or not, you understand that if you lie, if you fake it one more time, you'll die. That a part of you will break. A part of you will die inside because it's more important for you to be genuine and honest and real and kind and loving than being nice and being a people pleaser and being fake for the world to see someone that doesn't even exist. And literally, Skylar, you can attest to this. Once you make this shift, there's no going back. No going back. There's no faking it anymore. And again, I, I am never rude to anyone. You see me in the world. It's not even not going back in the sense of like, oh, it's too difficult to go back. It's like you no. literally, like you literally feel disgusted with yourself. Like you will feel the guilt, shame, disgust of being anywhere, saying anything, doing anything that doesn't align with authenticity. You. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, when I look back at all, because I mean, literally sometimes I look at my past self, you know, when, when I was younger and I, I, I have so much sadness for that person that was so freaking desperate and thirsty. And I remember when I got my, my cross tattoo, I have a cross, a tattoo of a cross on my ankle. And when I, where I worked and I got the tattoo, I was like 21, I think. And everyone, they were just being funny, I guess. I don't know. They drew, they drew crosses on their ankle, like 50 different men drew crosses on their ankle with black Sharpie. And I remember sometimes I laughed with people that were laughing at me. And I didn't want to be that girl and say, you know what? You're really hurting my feelings. And that's something I've learned in the last couple of weeks is saying, you're making me feel really sad. Is that your intention? And I think that this is a really great way to move from being nice to being kind and authentic and being able to confront people in a nice way where you're still heard. You don't need to go all the way to atomic. You don't need to go all the way to aggressive, aggressive. You don't need to go all the way to the dreaded word, Karen, because you can really lean into it. Because I look back and if, I, I wonder if I would have said to those men when I was 20, you're really making me feel insecure. Is that your intention? Mm. And I wonder what they would have said back then. Instead, I allowed 50 men over the age of 30 to laugh at a 20-year-old girl. And I, I was nice. And I look back at that and I... A part of me had to die inside to allow people to treat me so poorly. And that's why I don't want women or men to continue to be nice. Because when you're nice, a part of you dies. I really believe that. Because you have to shut down self to allow yourself to be nice 
in a situation that does not deserve it. That's good shit right there. Period. Period. We would love to hear from you. If you guys have anything to say or any situation that you've had where you've really quieted self to just, you know, succumb to being nice. I think that we had a great conversation. I hope that people turn the steering wheel. I know a lot of people listen to this on replay and watch it on replay, which is great. I think this has been, did it go where you thought it was going to go? Was that when we were making dinner tonight? No, I was, ha- wait, not, th- there was no thoughts of where this conversation was going because I was like, what the hell is a nice versus kind? I have no clue what that means because I'm pretty sure they're the same word. <laughs> but now do you see the difference? Now I see the difference. Now I see the yuck behind nice and I see the love behind kind. And it really just kind of puts that step forward into continuing, continuing. Yeah. And being true to yourself, knowing your worth. Yeah. And you know what? I I think that's so important, Skylar, with our conversations that we're having here is I really just want to inspire thought. Mm. I want to inspire people to really pay attention to what they're doing. Because when we are programmed from birth, from society, our parents, church, school, you know, friends, family, social media, news, etc. When we are programmed by all of those things, we don't think anything of it. You know, all the movies, we watch women sit on a couch and be murdered by a mass murderer on a movie. And we're like, yeah, makes sense. I mean, I was watching a movie or a TV show the other day with Jim and I was like, wow, this is so not okay with what I'm seeing here. You know, it was just like anti, like it was not very women for a woman forward show. And we don't realize that that programming actually seeps in. So I really hope with our discussions here, with our conversations that we're having, that we really start to just kind of break through the cracks of the patriarchy, the programming, the church, the school, whatever of being nice, the European focus of being nice at all costs. I I hope that we at least cause pause to, to people out there to, to stand up for themselves and to value self and honesty and speaking up for self above anything else. That's really my goal here today. Absolutely. You said it queen. Absolute queen. We love the teaching lessons. We love the everything about it. Well, I just want to thank you, Skylar, so much for being here tonight. This has been super fun, even though you're in the next room. But if you would have been in the room with me, you would have had feedback. So we had to separate, you know, for an hour today. But thank you so much for everyone that showed up tonight. Thank you for everyone that's watching on the simulcast, on the other um, locations. Thank you so much for the hearts. Thank you for everyone that's listening on the podcast. This will be reproduced on the podcast because this is such great content. But thank you so much for coming, Skylar. I appreciate Thanks all for being in the audience today. Thank you, everyone. Have a great night. Have a great night, guys. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.